Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, Forns247.com, joined, as always, by our managing editor, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? I am doing all right, Chip. How about you? You know, a little sinus infection, but uh, other than that, we are neck deep into the college football season. And for Texas fans, they don't know whether to laugh or cry coming off of this incredible game against Alabama in which Texas had opportunities to take down the number one team in the country, Taylor. Um, And now they're dealing with the aftermath. The aftermath. The injury aftermath, too. The injury aftermath. Quinn Ewers has a uh, sternocavicular sprain. And that is a sprain of the joint that connects the clavicle and the sternum. Hudson Card has a high ankle sprain. And Bijan Robinson is nursing a shoulder injury. And Deshaun Jameson, the fifth-year senior cornerback who left the game in the first half, is dealing with a left ankle injury. And, oh, here comes... The UTSA Roadrunners, coached by that East Texas legend, Jeff Trailer, who used to be an assistant coach at Texas under Charlie Strong in 2015 and 2016. And Taylor, Texas may be going to this game with third-string quarterback Charles Wright. Initial thoughts? I mean, it's it's the least ideal situation for Texas, I would say. And I'm not trying to knock Charles Wright or anything, but if you go back to last season, he was not even third string quarterback as a scholarship quarterback. There was a uh, walk on Ben Ballard that was on the travel squad. And, uh, and I know you asked Steve Sarkeesian on Monday during his uh, press conference about the progress of Charles Wright. And he did state that he has come a long way um, from year one to year two but this is not this is like the worst case scenario right i mean it's not like utsa is some scrub team they're a legit team i mean they went toe to toe with 
Houston to open the season. They ended up losing in a three overtime game. They, you know, went into a battle with Army on the road at Army and ended up winning in week two. And they're the reigning Conference USA champs. I mean, this is this is a perfect storm for disaster, honestly, for Texas. Now, at the end of the day, though, Chip, what matters the most for Texas is conference play. So if the Longhorns are in a position to rely on Charles Wright or even incorporate more of the Wildcat with Roshan Johnson being back there, you know, um, whatever it is, you hope, though, that you give the time that ample time for rest for Hudson card and for Quinn Ewers before big 12 play. Cause that's really when everything matters. That's, that's my initial take. What about yours? Yeah. I mean, so I find this fascinating because, um, Texas had a really pretty complete performance against Alabama defensively. Uh, they give up the big 81 yard run, but that was pretty much, um, the most egregious big play given up for the most part, they were good against the run um, and held Alabama a team that's been averaging 40 points to 20. So if the defense can continue to play like this and you can get a game managing performance from Charles Wright, who Steve Sarkeesian and teammates said has come along has progressed. He was a true freshman last year um, and was lost like a true freshman you would expect. Right. And he's a grinder. So he's a guy who gets in the film room and studies and learns and, and figures it out and, and catches up. So he's caught up now. Now he's the number three guy, Malik Murphy, who we've, pretty much consistently been saying here on the flagship podcast is going to redshirt this season because he had the ankle uh, injury suffered in his state championship game in California. He had ankle surgery and so they're going slow with him this year. Yeah. He has yet to go through full reps in spring ball or fall camp. I mean, he may be in individual position drills, but not when it came to team periods. Right. And his time is coming but his time is, is not right now. So uh, Charles Wright in his second year in this offense uh, seems to have the trust and the confidence of coaches and teammates. And this kid's an AISD product. Um, that's, that's like a big deal. Um, I mean, obviously Westlake and Lake Travis, that's one thing it seems, but a quarterback from Austin high, which has not been a, a perennial power of, of any sort. Uh, this is quite an accomplishment. So I'm, I'm fascinated because you're right, Taylor, this is a, this is a ambush in waiting for the Roadrunners. I mean, if Texas doesn't come out and continue to play at the level they were playing at against Alabama, they're going to be in a fourth quarter game and they might be trying to kick a field goal to win it. Uh, that's how, that's how much belief UTSA has in their system, their coach, their fifth year senior quarterback, Frank Harris, who all the guy does is battle and never say die. And, you know, they brought in Traylon Smith, the transfer running back from Arkansas, who scored a touchdown against Texas last year as a Razorback. And they have three 
dynamite receivers. Dynamite. They have a 1,000-yard receiver who caught 12 touchdowns last year, just like, well, Xavier Worthy didn't even get to 1,000 yards. He did catch 12 touchdowns. So, and now, you know, Bijan Robinson's got this shoulder injury. He says he's going to be fine by midweek. I'm hearing maybe we don't overextend Bijan Robinson this week and we put the load on Rojan Johnson and Jonathan Brooks, which is fine. Those guys are totally capable. But yeah, yeah. you just don't want to be without all your horsepower and Texas uh, probably not going to play Deshaun Jameson either. It's going to be without some horsepower. So they really need to get to the point where they're playing to their own standard, the standard that they established in that Alabama game and not the roller coaster play up to the competition, play down to the competition because there's no playing down to the competition this week. This is a UTSA team that will come in just like Texas was approaching Alabama and, and see this as a golden opportunity for them to continue their, their bragging rights, which they proudly pronounced last year as the, as UTSA being the best college football team in the state of Texas last year, which was accurate. You so, think more than Baylor? I mean, I would like to have seen that game. Yeah, that would have been a good game for sure. But um, I think this is going to be a really fun game. And if Texas can play to the standard that they did against Alabama, then they'll handle business. If If they don't, they'll be in a fourth quarter game fighting for their lives. Yeah, it's going to come down to the defense because the reality is you can't expect a lot out of Charles Wright. You can't expect him to be in a position to put the game on his shoulders and and lead this offense in the same way that Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card could. And again, that's not a knock on Charles Wright. It's just it's the facts. I think, you know, I mean, Charles Wright after Jalen Milrow, you know, decommitted from the 2021 class, ended up, you know, going to Alabama Charles Wright was the scramble effort of Tom Herman and Mike Yersich and the previous coaching staff to get a quarterback in the 2021 signing class. And I think Jalen Milrow decommitted. And then five days later, they, I think it was, it was less than a week later, they offered Charles Wright. He committed the same day. And so, you know, he's, he's been really, you know, far behind, obviously. I think uh, you mentioned not saying not a knock on Austin, high football, but it's not the same as West Lake or Lake Travis uh, in, you know, this, this area here in Austin. So this is a, a game where the defense has to come out and really just take charge, Chip, because the the best case scenario is to put the offense in the best position possible to be effective. And the defense has a chance to do that, especially up front. We, If you missed our flagship podcast interview with Jeff Trailer. From Monday, go back and listen to a head coach of UTSA. He joined us game week, which is awesome. And uh, we really appreciated him taking the time to talk to us. But I think he kind of alluded to the fact that the offensive line is a little bit of a uh, moving target, probably a little bit for opposing defenses, uh, you know, that UTSA has with them. I, was it both tackles that he said? I thought, yeah, both tackles. Yeah, the that top they have. four tackles on the team are out right yeah. now. Okay, so there, there you have it. So they have a walk-on and a guard playing the tackle positions. 
Okay. So that that's where Texas has a major advantage. Texas did a really um, good job for especially comparing the defensive front last season against Alabama. I mean, I think that in total, I think they had like 10 QB hurries or something and ended up finishing with two sacks against um, a really elite offensive line and quarterback in Bryce Young in Alabama. So if they can replicate that and get after UTSA, um, you know, the front seven on Texas defense getting after that offensive front that UTSA has, that is a huge key to this game, in my opinion, Chip. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, the pressure that Texas was able to get on Bryce Young, this is going to be very similar because Frank Harris can run. Mm -hmm. um, and he'll run by design. Bryce Young ran on a scramble and, and hurt Texas. Frank Harris will run by design. And he is uh, a guy who threw for 27 touchdowns with six interceptions last year, but averaged you know, almost six yards a carry uh, and had over 500 yards rushing last year and um, six rushing touchdowns. So this is a guy who, and look, mobile quarterbacks, dual threat quarterbacks, running quarterbacks, it seems have been giving Texas trouble for years, whether it was Mac Brown, Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, or Steve Sarkeesian. So that's always going to be a test because they can outnumber the defense um, when the quarterback is a runner. And, and this is a, a guy, uh, Frank Harris, who's from the state of Texas, from the San Antonio area, who has bought into this Jeff trailer culture of two one Oh, and the single digit guys. So Jeff trailers, single digit guys, you, they vote as a team on who gets single digit uniforms on offense and defense. Frank Harris got every vote. So he got first choice. He picked zero on defense. Rashad wisdom. They're all conference. Uh, safety got all the votes. He picked zero for um, the defense. And Steve Sarkeesian called him the quarterback of that defense. Yes. That guy is everywhere and they're just smart. They play clean football. Um, they rarely beat themselves. They rarely make the big mistake. Um, they did have a protection bust against Houston that led to a, a Frank Harris getting hit as he threw the interception fluttered. It was costly. They were up 21 to seven in that game. That uh, interception allowed Houston to tie the game 21, 21 in a game that UTSA probably should have been driving for a two touchdown lead. Instead, the game is tied and it ends up in overtime and they lose. Um, and, and, trailer will tell you that they felt like Texas did against Alabama, that they had that game won, that they were the better team and it got away and it stung and then had to go to army and play the, that's a nine win army team from last year with its quarterback back and a triple option running attack. And you don't ever go play army voluntarily. Like who, I asked trailer who schedules army, especially under, you know, Jeff Munkin, who's done such a good job there the last nine years. And he said, Oh, we just had to sell out to stop the run. We gave up way too many yards passing. They gave up 300 yards passing. 
but they were not going to get, you know, death by a thousand cuts against Army's running attack. So they they did, you know, stuff that running attack to 3.3 yards per carry. They know how to stop the run. And Texas is going to have to beat UTSA through the air. And they're beatable. Their corners are not proven. Um, question is, can Charles Wright deliver that kind of game plan? And will Steve Sarkeesian trust him to deliver that kind of game plan? Because we saw the game plan change when Quinn Ewers went out of the game against Alabama. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian didn't trust Hudson Card to to throw the same kind of passes that Quinn Ewers was throwing. What kind of passes are we going to see uh, with Charles Wright? So, look, no one can put an offensive game plan together like Steve Sarkeesian. He knows his personnel, and he usually has a lot of firepower early in games in that 20-play script that he has. Uh, but this is going to be a test, and it's really going to be a test of all of these players' ability to turn their opponents into nameless, faceless robots and go play to their own standard, Taylor. Right, yeah. And I do think that the game plan changed a little bit with Hudson Card coming in too. I feel like Steve Sarkeesian mainly changed it in the second half when um, Hudson Card went down with an injury that first series in the third quarter. And then, you know, it's asking a lot of a quarterback to plant their feet if they can't put a lot of weight on one of their legs and try to attempt those deep ball shots. And so that's why I think it changed. But, um, you know, I would say one thing that you have to consider here, even though Charles Wright has been on campus for, you know, this is second year um, at Texas, second season in this offense, the thing that you have to remember is the big thing in fall camp, they want to get the depth chart settled, especially at quarterback, at least like two weeks in to make sure that they can get into a rhythm and even at with the starters. And even at that point, the backups don't get many opportunities to be with the starters. And I can promise you the third string does not get those same type of quality reps with the starting um, offense, especially in scrimmage situations. So that is a, a hindrance and it happens to every any team out there. It's a hindrance. You know, you you want to get your your quarterback up to speed with the guys that are going to be on the field with him as much as possible and as early as possible in fall camp. Um, so this is going to be a challenge. I would be surprised if they're going to be slinging it around if Charles Wright is the quarterback. But, you know, Chip, when you're talking about Frank Harris, UTSA's quarterback, guess who leads the country in total offense right now? Frank Harris. Frank Harris. Total offense. In, in, in FBS college football, he is the leader right now. He has, let's see here, he's averaging 394.5 yards per game. Um, he is averaging about, sorry, I'm pulling up the stats here. So he, he's already thrown for six, almost 700 yards, um, six touchdowns, one interception. I mean, this is this is an elite quarterback that I don't think a lot of people are probably giving as much credit as he deserves at this point. Um, but if you look at, you know, in comparison to other FBS quarterbacks, he's at the top in the country in total offense. That's scary. Yeah. He had a play against army where they, he got sacked on first down and it was second and 18 and he ran and got it. Um, it kept a touchdown drive alive that, that UTSA absolutely had to have. And he's, 
he's got that it quality that scares you mm-hmm. because he gets better as the game gets tighter. He gets better the the closer it gets to the end. And he finds ways to win games. That's why I was personally a little surprised when they lost to Houston overtime. That's a veteran Houston team that's trying to be Cincinnati, and they just lost uh, in a thriller to Texas Tech. I know Dana Holgerson's upset about that. But that Houston team, they have uh, a veteran fifth-year quarterback, skill players, the works. And Frank Harris was toe-to-toe and missed an open receiver on their they were in triple overtime against Houston. So they were to the point where they were having to convert two point conversions. Frank missed an open tight end underneath that would have been an easy pass for that two point conversion. And, you know, trailer said that he, you know, beat himself up about that and has just sort of come back with a vengeance. So I think Texas fans are going to really enjoy watching Jeff trailers team because it plays so hard. And they they play good football. Um, they throw it, they throw it more than they run it right now. And that's not really how Trailer likes it. But sincere McCormick, the running back for UTSA, thousand yard rusher, is in the NFL now. And so, you know, as I mentioned, Traylon Smith, the transfer from Arkansas, uh, has come in and he's been solid for them. And they've got the issues on the offensive line but they're better than trailer thought on defense. They brought in a couple of transfers, one from LSU. Um, you know, they've, they brought in uh, Nick Troy fortune from in the, from West Virginia's secondary, and he's starting in UTSA secondary and, you know, trailer is, we know he can recruit. I mean, you go oh, get yeah. Traylon Smith from Arkansas, who was playing for that Arkansas team last year that won uh, double digit victories. That's a, that's a pull right there. So this is going to be a fun game. And, and again, if Texas is on, on all of its, um, you know, attention to detail and focused in like they were for Alabama, I think Texas wins this game by 10 points. But if, if they make mistakes, UTSA will hang around and this thing will be a one possession game. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a kind of scary situation for Texas. And, and the thing that's kind of wild, Chip, is you and I talked about this being a game that you can't overlook before the injuries right. occurred on Texas. I mean, we've been talking all offseason for a reason because I think both you and I would agree that we trust, we believe in what Jeff Trailer is. He's a great recruiter, as you mentioned, and he's just he's a quality guy and people follow him. And I mean, shoot, I, I joked with you behind the scenes and I'll say it now here is I wonder if Jeff Trailer's looking at this game as like hey this may be a future job uh you know resume builder if the Texas job ever does come back open for him to be like hey I'm worth this type of thing and I know I'm joking I'm not saying that that should happen or anytime soon or anything like that but when they you know we saw this game be schedules like man this may be something that he could put on his resume if in the future the Texas head coaching job uh, ever comes open but yeah I mean this is uh, I, I don't feel great about this. How, what do you, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be Debbie Downer because I know it probably sounds that way, especially with how harsh we were about Texas leading up to the Alabama game. I just feel like 
this is a really talented team that a lot of people may not be giving as much credit where credit is due. And I hope that the people that are not doing that are Texas players for a Texas sake, because if they're overlooking this team, this could be brutal. Yeah. Well, I'll give it to Keandre Coburn. He's the one who came in and said that UTSA was the best team in the state of Texas last year, and we're going to treat them like Alabama. If that's true, then Steve Sarkeesian has gotten through to his players and they are now uh, a different team. They are now at a point where they're mature enough, they're connected enough, where they're taking that winner's approach of all business and you don't relax after a win. You you double down and you make sure that you get that feeling again and again and again because everyone walked away from that Alabama game saying, well, if Texas plays like that the next uh, eight, nine games, they're going to they're gonna be 11 and one. Well, now you're going to do it with your third string quarterback, perhaps. Um, and, and then you got to try and get Hudson Card back for Texas Tech uh, and West Virginia and hope that, that uh, Quinn Ewers maybe is back for OU, which is four weeks for that injury, that sternoclavicular joint sprain, which four weeks is typically the minimum uh, recovery time for that injury. So the good news is it was not a broken clavicle, which when you first saw that hit from Dallas Turner on Quinn Ewers, you thought, oh, geez, his collarbone just got crunched, which would be a season ending or, you know, 12 week type of situation. So, um, you know, at least it's not that. And, and with Hudson card, you know, they can spin the red blood cells and inject it into that ankle and, you know, try and get, uh, that to heal faster, but still high ankle sprain two weeks kind of minimum for, to be able to like operate on it after the swelling goes down. So a couple things, Taylor, from that Alabama game, um, to touch on the, uh, the punter, Daniel Trejo, remember Jeff Banks said, we're bringing in a transfer punter. Well, that that's Daniel Trejo from Texas Wesleyan College. So give it to Jeff Banks to go look under a rock and find Daniel Trejo from Texas Wesleyan. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Texas Wesleyan uh, before I just mentioned that. But Daniel Trejo is looking pretty good right now because he finished the Alabama game with a with a 46 yard average, 46.4 yard average. And that is right where Cameron Dicker was a year ago. Now I'm not saying he's going to be able to sustain that, but that's impressive and a whole lot better than what uh, we saw on Daniel Trail's first punt, which went 37 yards. So, right. Well, and you have to think this is what makes Jeff Banks knows punters. He, he was a, wasn't he an all-American punter? Yeah, at Washington State as a player. And he he is just an elite special teams um, coordinator for this reason. He's able to see and spot deficiencies that could become a much bigger issue as time wears on and uh, tackle it. And he's a great recruiter too. So, I mean, he he's just one of those guys that you've said it before. He was a monkey bite away from potentially being the head coach at Washington State. But 
You know, this is that that's what makes him so good. He's able to acknowledge some deficiencies and then address them in a way that many people would not be able to. I don't know how you said. I don't know if many people would think to go to Texas Wesleyan to try to get a transfer punter. Yeah, he knows where to look. He said he's got little scouts on the little East bird. Coast, <laughs> West Coast who who look for guys who can help. And Daniel Trejo is a guy who can help right now. So um, obviously there were some other, um, you know, really breakthrough performances uh, in that Alabama game. We mentioned Jalen Ford after kind of getting out of position on the 81-yard run, coming to life really when they sent him on that blitz and he got the sack and he just played on fire after that had 10 tackles, two tackles for loss, that sack. Uh, they need him to continue playing like that. Austin Jordan. Remember that name, folks, because with Deshaun Jameson out um, for this game coming up against UTSA, Jameer Johnson and Austin Jordan, the freshman, probably going to rotate at corner. Um, so... Austin Jordan, Jalen Gilbo, these guys, these freshmen have shown no fear and have made some plays. And that's anytime you can see that happening as a freshman, man, that's a that's a positive sign. That's the way it was in the early 2000s, Taylor. Seemed like every time you turn around, a Rod Babers, a Nathan Vasher um, were emerging and, you know, they just started handing it off to each other. Uh, in on their way to becoming DBU. So uh, maybe there's some, and, and Jade Barron, who we got to talk to this week, who's a big time talker, big time talker. His teammates are all like, oh yeah, he never stops talking. <laughs> so uh, Jade Barron is another guy. Uh, and Taylor, what did you think about Bijan Robinson getting all of his teammates some custom burn orange beats headphones? That's awesome. I mean, I, I honestly, I kind of missed that last week leading up to the Alabama game because there were so many other things that we were kind of working on. Um, but yeah, like when he was, you know, asked about that. And I just think that's so special because it's it's something that this is a I mean, I don't even know. Is he even 21 years old yet? Maybe. I don't think 21. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And and he's obviously making a lot of money on his name, image and likeness and rightfully so. I mean, he is a very marketable type of guy that can profit off of that in a way that a lot of people will never be able to honestly. And so I thought it was so cool that he's, he's just, these are the little things that we talk about when, or when Steve Sarkeesian talks about, he's a better person than he is a football player. And that's saying a lot, it's little things like this. Like, I don't know how many 2021 year olds are thinking, Hey, I have all of this money that I'm making. Let me go and buy $350 headphones for 120 people on my team, just to show appreciation for them. A custom one. I mean, that's the retail price on those. I don't know what custom ones go for. Um, but that's just, that's just one of those things that you don't have to do. And I don't necessarily think he did it for us to be talking about it. I think he just genuinely did it because he wanted to treat the guys on the team. And this is where I will say this, when it came to NIL stuff, I think a lot of the concern or some people's concern that, and it was something that I thought about would be how, if there's one guy, you know, in the or in the locker room making tons of money and other people are out there doing, you know, putting in just the amount of the same amount of work, you know, the same amount 
of effort, um, you know, even like starters, say offensive linemen, like they're not getting the type of NIL deals that regardless who you are, that like a, a skill player or a running back or a quarterback is going to get. And that was always something where it's like, is this going to cause locker room division? But I feel like it, maybe it's too soon to say this, but I think I may have been way wrong and all of us may have been way wrong in thinking that if this is how people approach NIL. And so B. John Robinson sets a very high standard for it. Um, obviously, he sets a very high standard in everything that he does, but I thought it was really cool. I mean, what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Bijan Robinson is the exception yeah. uh, to the rule. He is a special, special guy. I hope he has an unbelievable NFL career uh, because you know how they always say you 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 give someone money, they they become more of who they are. If they're a jerk, they become more of a jerk. If they're a really good person, they become more of a really good person. Well, Bijan Robinson's the kind of guy you want him to make all the money in the world because he's going to be more of a good person. Right. And it's it's fun to be around him. It really is. I, I can't remember being around a guy like that. Like it was it was kind of ha ha funny to be around Ricky Williams. But Ricky was very private. He wasn't letting you in. Bijan is letting you in. I mean, mm -hmm. when when we're around him, he he lets you in, and it's uh it's really refreshing to see a guy that comfortable uh, with who he is, with what he's about, and and with that much confidence, and of course in his abilities, but and also being a generous spirit, and so. I thought it was fantastic and it really touched his teammates, which you could tell when we were talking to them on Monday. So good stuff there. Uh, Taylor, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break, but stick around because we have plenty more to cover as Texas prepares to face UTSA Saturday at home in the final non-conference game of the regular season. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chip, you ready for the first love it or leave it? 
Let's go. First one is love it or leave it. Texas quarterback injuries will force the team to focus that more this sorry that much more this week and will result in a max effort from the Longhorns against UTSA. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to ride the wave here. I'm going to ride the wave that came out of the crimson tide and say I'm going to love this. I'm going to I'm going to buy that this team can sustain what they started on uh, last Saturday that we talk about it all the time here on the flagship podcast. The sign of a well-coached team is week to week improvement. Okay. Well then we need to see improvement from that Alabama game and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and believe that the playmakers are going to make plays that Xavier Worthy is going to make plays for Charles Wright. Jordan Whittington's going to make plays for Charles Wright, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and that the defense, which played so well uh, in making life miserable for Bryce Young and Alabama, can do the same to Frank Harris and Traylon Smith and these three uh, talented UTSA uh, playmaker receivers. Because um, you can argue that, uh, I mean, Alabama had some drops. I don't think UTSA's receivers are going to be dropping passes. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to love this Taylor. That's a little bit of a leap of faith because we have not seen Texas over the last decade uh, sustain level of play when they go up to play an elite opponent and then have to come down to play a group of five opponent, even though UTS, UTSA doesn't play like no group of five. Um, Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to also love it. I feel like we have seen a lot more of a different um, mindset and it's probably the culture, honestly. It's probably what we're actually seeing a little bit more, not just on the field, but also just in in talking to the players. You know, they said it all off season, and I think I had been like, okay, I know that this is the talking point for this off season, so let's see it actually, you know, show up on the field on Saturdays. And I do feel like so far it has. So I I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in this. I think that this team understands that just because you almost upset the number one team in the country does not mean that you've arrived in any way, shape or form, or that you can just coast on through the rest of the schedule. I don't, I don't think that Steve Sarkeesian would allow that type of mentality, especially after last season with how many, you know, kind of issues, adversity that struck and the locker room kind of became fractured because of certain players that weren't bought in. So I think all of that combined, I think is going to lead to the max effort here. And then in addition to that, I think that you need the max effort from the fans too, because that, I mean, you, if you hear Will Anderson say that playing at 11 o'clock in the morning at Texas was one of the craziest, hardest environments that he's ever been when he's playing in the SEC week in and week out against, you know, in stadiums that pretty, I feel like the majority are all a hundred thousand plus capacity their own. I mean, you know, sell out games every single week. And he's saying that about Texas, that says something that the fans really can impact this. And I hope they recognize it because obviously if you can get an Alabama, a Bryce Young, a Will Anderson to sh like shake them because the atmosphere is so like 
hostile that it's hard to even think straight, let alone hear anything, you know, going on with communication tactics on the field. That's huge. So I think that Texas fans need to bring it too. And I think that if, if you know, I thought the scene after the Alabama game was really, really neat, um, Chip, like seeing the fans just cheering for a team that just lost. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's honestly kind of bone chilling a little bit because I haven't seen that from Texas fans. A lot of times you see them flooding out of the stadium, you know, if it's, if they're like going to lose, not staying around. And that was electric. And I had tweeted something about it over the weekend. And I'm really glad Texas football actually had a video that they posted after I initially tweeted it. Cause I was so in awe with how Texas fans just stayed to support that team after a loss. And then they, sh- they, you know, they put, tweeted a video of the scene I was trying to describe. And it's just amazing. I mean, I sent it to my dad and, you know, we're not a family of uh, moral victories, you know what I mean? Or anything like that. Like if you don't win, you lose. And it's all, you know, that's the end all be all. If you don't win, you lose. Uh, If you're not first, you're last. So I sent it to him and I was like, this is after the loss. And he was like, he like didn't believe me. He's like, wait, after they lost, that's what the fans were doing. I was like, yes. And so I think that if the fans can bring it like that week in and week out, you're going to see a different product on the field because it's obviously going to impact them. And then you're, you know, with a UTSA team that I would be shocked if they play in many stadiums of a hundred thousand capacity or even close to it. Um, and this is just something that can really be a dynamic, um, weapon that Texas has at its disposal if the fans bring that type of energy each week inside DKR. So yeah, I'm going to love it. Yeah. Christian Jones said it was the first time he'd seen that new South end um, where that Longhorn is full. It's usually always empty because the people are always downstairs in the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were actually in their seats watching the game because it was such a good game. So, all right. Love it or leave it. Number two. Number two is love it or leave it. It makes sense. The betting line for Saturday's Texas UTSA A game has dropped from Texas by 13 and a half points down to 11 points. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to love this. I, I, I could, I said a good performance by Texas would, would mean a 10 point win. Now, if UTSA makes mistakes and turns the ball over, then it could be, uh, two touchdown win, but I, I see this as like a good Texas performance as a 10 point win and a less than uh, exemplary performance from Texas could leave them in a one possession game. So I, I get this. I mean, um, you know, this, uh, this line, I, I, I saw it and I thought, yeah, people are going to, you know, the, the, sharp money the whatever the casinos they're gonna they're gonna put their money on utsa and and it looks like that's what's happening here so um i'm gonna love this taylor how about you yeah i'm gonna love it i think anytime that you have a quarterback injury you expect the the lines to move um if you have potentially your starting to your starter and you know, second string <laughs> up in the air, questionable going up to this game, then for sure. I mean, this makes sense. I don't think it's a knock on Texas or anything. And, and uh, quite frankly, if, uh, if you're a Texas fan, you better hope that Vegas keeps getting it wrong. Cause remember Texas was a 21 point underdog to Alabama and they sh- stunned everybody in Vegas. Um, so keep, 
keep, you know, taking that money from the casinos there because they make enough clearly. But yeah, no, this this makes total sense. It makes it's no surprise to me. Injury reports are huge, especially when it um, impacts, you know, betting lines. I'm not a, I don't like to bet on sports. I don't like to bet at all um, unless I know a thousand percent I'm going to win. And you never know in sports. So I don't bet. But <laughs> I, it makes sense why this would shift. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's no definitive answer and who's going to be you know, announced by Steve Sarkeesian of who's going to be starting entering this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it moves even more. Yeah. All right. Love it or leave it. Number three. Final one for you. Love it or leave it. The biggest key to the game Saturday will be Texas defense continuing to play at the level it did against Alabama. Yeah, I, I would say I'm going to love this. The biggest key um, because the Texas defense, which was had so much room for improvement after last year showed so much improvement against Alabama and affected the game in a way that you want to see your defense affect the game pressure on the quarterback, hurried throws, um, sacks, big time, uh, plays on third down. If that, if this defense can build on that and continue to do that, this Texas team is going to be really, really hard to beat. And who knows? I mean, if they could win this game, get through these quarterback injuries, uh, somehow find a way to win out in Lubbock. That's a 2.30 game now. It's not a 7 o'clock game, which is always good news. Uh, for You want that game as early as possible. You want an 11 a.m. game out in Lubbock. But, um, you know, Texas got to find a way to win against UTSA and Texas Tech before coming back home to face West Virginia. But if you can keep winning, despite these quarterback injuries, th this team's going to, their belief tank and confidence tank is going to start filling up, and um, they're going to be a team headed in the right direction finally. And that's something that Texas fans have been waiting for on a consistent basis for over a decade. So, Real opportunity right here uh, for this Texas team to start pushing that arrow up. And I really do believe it starts with the defense. That's where you've got the most experience. You've got the most depth. And you've got, you know, you've got an injury to Deshaun Jameson. Uh, he's been a playmaker for sure. But you've got good young talent coming in behind him. Uh, I'm going to love this, Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to love it. The defense is is crucial in this game. I mean, the defense is crucial in every game. I mean, the the saying defense wins championships is not just some coach speak type of thing. It, it's the reality. I mean, how many times Tom Herman said it till he was blue in the face? How many times did a team win the college football playoff, um, you know, title or national championship that had a bad defense? Not many, like at all. And so, and it's true. It is true. So, if the Texas defense can continue playing the way that they have for the first two games, you know, limiting um, trips to the end zone, I think is the biggest thing. Scoring defense is huge and Texas is doing pretty well um, in scoring defense so far. And especially after facing the number one team in the country and they're still, you know, I think, what is it? 15 points are averaging or allowing per game. I mean, you'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I mean, my goodness, compared to what last the last several years, honestly, the of the Texas defense. So yeah, I, I think the, the defense is the biggest key to the game on Saturday. It's going to determine 
so much of the uh, final outcome. And if they can continue rolling the way that they did against Alabama, then then Texas, this is probably a, a better chance that Texas have against a UTSA team, even if they're in a position to be on their third string quarterback. Yeah, I said a successful year in 2022 would be eight wins in Arch Manning. They got that commitment from Arch Manning in the summer. And if they can continue to build on that Alabama performance, I may have uh, lowballed them. On you the, may have sold them short. I may have sold them short on the eight wins, but let's see it this Saturday. This is key uh, because you you trip and fall in this game, and then all the doubt and all the oh, Texas can't handle prosperity even after a loss. <laughs> yeah. Um, they let the rat poison in. They let the rat poison in. They they went into the top 25 off a loss and lost again. <laughs> you don't want that conversation anymore. Every, Longhorn Nation is sick of it. So let's see if Steve Sarkeesian has put in a culture that is got some real foundation to it. Let's see if it uh, shows up. If that shows up on Saturday night, then... We might be onto something here, Taylor. We shall see. All right, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the flagship podcast. Um, you know, until next time, we will we'll see you at horns247.com for Taylor Estes. I am Chip Brown. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.